Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and Keller Williams agent. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate investment and business group that meets monthly at various locations throughout Metro Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals, folks. This ain't your grandma's Rhea. There's no smell of stale coffee, been gay, and or disappointment. You know what I'm talking about. RDI is also this podcast where once a week I sit down with interesting and successful business people getting shit done, and I pick their brain for your entertainment and hopefully education. If you enjoyed this podcast, give it a like. Share it. If you haven't already, subscribe. And for everybody who has been rating me on iTunes and across other platforms, I really appreciate that. That really does help, especially on iTunes. And if you haven't already, go ahead and give me a rating. I would really appreciate it. All right. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, anything like that, you can leave me a message at renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. And you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Jeremy Burgess. And if you prefer to watch this on YouTube, although you won't be watching this one on YouTube, well, you'll be listening to something and watching something else because my dumbass forgot the video camera at home. I am sorry. I apologize about that, folks. But you go to YouTube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. Legal disclaimer. In no way, shape, or form should anything that I and or my guests say be taken as legal and or investment advice. We highly recommend that before you make any investment decision or decisions, you contact a lawyer, an attorney, and or other licensed professionals. Be an adult. Don't fucking sue me. All right. Time for the Renegade Detroit Investors Show Quote of the Week. I try and pick a quote that sets a tone for the podcast and hopefully your week. And I had something different picked out, but Heather came through at the end, so that probably saved us. The difference between a successful person and others is not a lack of strength, not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will by Vince Lombardi. Let me introduce you to my guest, Heather Shanks. Heather, the owner of GoToPro LLC, is considered to be a jack-of-all-trades type person. She has firsthand knowledge and experience in many aspects of business. Her personal expertise includes bookkeeping, recruiting, hiring, appointment scheduling, QuickBooks assistance, even event planning and gift wrapping, just to name a few. I'm sure there's more. Heather also gained this knowledge from several positions that she has held in different industries. She considers herself a team player and doesn't like to be the boss, hashtag like a boss, but would rather consider herself a quarterback of her team of professionals. Her company, GoToPro, is a solution to many of your business problems, providing flexible temporary labor you need to supplement your staff. They do it all, on-site or off, with the utmost professionalism and without all the paperwork. They provide the comfort of a helping hand, the control that comes from having an extra asset, and the security of a backup plan. GoToPro sees the big picture and wants to help you frame it. wwwgo dash pro.com you can hit them up on facebook facebook.com forward slash go to pro heather also has a twitter account at heather shanks six and look up heather shanks on linkedin this will all be in the show notes and she also has a newsletter so if you're interested i'm on it i will put this in the show notes because there's no way you're going to remember it it's a link it'll be in the show notes i'm not going to read it welcome heather <laughs> thank you <laughs> and thanks for being i think one of my first um 
guests to be like 40 minutes early, which nice. with the day I'm having is really helping out. So nice. I appreciate it. what I did this morning, folks, was I packed everything up. My sister's or my wife's sister is coming into town and took her to work and all that. And then for some reason, I left one of three bags sitting at home. And fortunately, it wasn't what I needed to record the podcast, but there's no video camera. There's no calendar. There's no iPad. So we're we're fuck it. We're doing it live. We're winging it. We're, we're we're totally winging. I'm reading off my cell phone right now. So thank you for coming early and bailing me out because I just would have oh, been sitting for thirty minutes no. twiddling my thumbs. <laughs> thank you for having me. No, is it, it kind of the timing worked out perfect? I had a, a meeting way up in Kego Harbor and we finished early. And I thought, well, I can't imagine that he's gonna be mad. I'm early. No, <laughs> might as well get my butt down. I <laughs> saw that. And I'm like, oh yes. <laughs> Things going my way now. I had a rough start, but it's all it's all downhill from here. So, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast, and I was saying this before we started recording, there seems like there's a lot of opportunity for what you offer to entrepreneurs, especially in the real estate business. But I think it could be anybody who's big or small. But I would say especially maybe before they're big. Mm-hmm. Um, and what interested me was I'm just going to be frank about it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a lot of high D personalities, a lot of driven people, maybe not the best communicators, certainly not the the the, the best um, procedures or information or how they want something done. I would say frugal, but really, quite frankly, cheap mm-hmm. quite often. Yeah. And you have to deal with that. And then you have the other side as well, workers working for you, all that. This just seems like a a nightmare to be in between. <laughs> like if, on the list of all the businesses I would start – Helping people with staffing problems, helping cheap business owners with staffing problems. And I don't know. It just seemed very difficult. I was like, I I need to talk to her about this. So (laughs) how did you decide to start such a difficult business? Oh, my favorite question ever, which I I wished uh, I wish I would be asked more often. Um, I didn't necessarily choose to be the founder of GoToPro. I always joke that GoToPro found me. Um, starting this business was an absolute 100% accident. I, uh, I have a knack for being the go-to girl, you know, being that person I would start. I've worked in just about every industry you can think of. And, uh, I would start in an entry level position and, and kind of make my way through the, you know, learning the ropes and, and it would be, well, gosh, we've got four people employed over in this department and just, Heather can do it all. So I would end up, you know, IT issues, give it to Heather, pain in the butt customer, Heather will figure it out, new software to learn, Heather will give us the cliff notes, you know. So I ended up being that girl everywhere that I went. And um, as I mentioned, it would be, you know, four people that would be fired, I would take over the work. And you you do that so often you end up overworked and underpaid. And uh, I would be recruited, somebody would headhunt me or a different opportunity would come along and uh, grass is greener, you know. Always. Less stress, more money. More money. So I, I would take it. And uh, every time I went to put in my two weeks, it would be the same story over and over again. You know, I'm sorry, Mr. Bossman. Uh, I'm giving you my two weeks notice. And I was, oh, God, what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do without you? I don't know how we're going to function. And what's, what's, what help? What do we do? And I would find and train my own replacement. And uh, even as I, I exited the building, they would say, you know, can you still handle fill in the blank on a contract basis. So six hours of marketing a week or help us out on the Saturday morning with the phones, whatever it was. I never actually left 
any job I've ever had. Really? And I, yeah, I always took a little piece of it with me. So kind of as you fast forward 15 years, I ended up with a very, very long list of really short jobs. And finally, I was in the mortgage industry for a very long time. And we all know the story there when the market tanked. Oh, yeah. Went from being busy and making a ton of money, having a great time to... Phone's not even ringing. Holy crap, I'm broke. Yeah, it was was a difficult time. So when that happened, all that ambition that I had and that, you know, young go-getter kind of attitude that I've always always possessed, um, it went out the window a little bit. I was jaded. I was bitter. I was angry. I said, screw this. I want a peon position somewhere. (laughs) I want to be a nobody. Put me in the cubicle and pay me. I just want a, a data enter. So, I've gone at four fifty nine. Exactly, and that's exactly what I found. I uh, I found a company that was hiring for a data entry clerk, and it was the most honest interview of my entire life because we sat down and she said exactly what she needed. And again, I was jaded and bitter. <laughs> I said, "I can do that, no problem." But uh, that's all I want to do here. And she says, "Well, what do you mean?" I said, "I want to come in at nine. I want to leave at five. Don't call me at home." Don't call me on the weekends. I'm taking a lunch every day. If I work here for 10 years and you (laughs) never, ever even know my name, I'll be happy. And she says, well, that's not very uh, ambitious, but that's what we need. Can you start tomorrow? And I did. And true to me being the go-to girl, four months later, I was managing that office. (laughs) So... See the problem with the cream is it always flows. You can't it just it can't stay yeah, down. It can't. It's, yeah, it's it not can't. possible. So I did it to myself again and ended up spending another five years there. You know, slowly but surely, day by day, feeling a bit more overworked and underpaid. And I started to watch the financials there take a dip. And I thought to myself, "Holy crap! This is going to be another company that I've fallen in love with. That's going to go out of business. They're going bankrupt. We're in trouble." And I still had that long list of short jobs from all my other employers. And I thought, God, I'm working 110 hours a week, which is awesome because I'm making so much money. I don't have any time to spend it anywhere. So I'm just, I've got this bankroll going on, but I know I'm going to lose this position and I'm, I'm going to feel lost again. And finally I said, screw it. I went into my employer and I said, you know, I'm, I'm putting my, my two weeks in and I got to get out of here. And I, I did exactly that. I figured I'm going to take that long list of short jobs, which is basically a business at this point. I just haven't given it a name. GoToPro is what I'll call it. I'll write a website in five minutes flat, 2 a.m., hit the publish button, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> I uh, Five-minute website. Yep, pretty much. It's like we're just going to write some crap up and throw it out here. I'm already operating. I'm, I'm losing my, my full-time salaried position, and I'm still going to work 60 hours a week on these various projects. And uh, it exploded once all of my my customers had heard that I was that much more available and that they could give me more work and refer their friends. It was insane. I literally hired eight people in five months, the first five months that we were in business. Uh, That was almost six years ago and kind of never looked back. So it's not so much that I had this grand idea for, God, I think there's a lot of places that need administrative support and just can't find the right people or the right team. It was more like, God, this is... I'm already doing. I should probably give this already operating business a legitimate name, and I went for it. And the the more I got involved with people and and their pain points, and learned that there is a huge market for that, and there's no one in the state of Michigan at all that provides it. I went. 
I went full fledged. I got deep. So, so you're it. So, yeah, I'm it. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Would you say your competition was maybe virtual assistants from like the Philippines? Because mm-hmm. we use a few of those here at the Delia Group, mm-hmm. and Steve Lundo uses a few. Mm-hmm. Um, competition may be not the right word, but yeah. besides that, there's not. There's not much. Nothing? There's not anything that I've, I've ever found. Not that operates in the, the kind of uh, the broad offerings that we have. You know, you can get the virtual assistant, like you said, kind of in the Philippines, or you can find a consultant, you know, that might specialize in one area, but maybe it's, you don't need a marketing consultant. You need someone that understands your business as a whole and will take the time to gain that intimate knowledge and, oh man, and that's figure so true. out where to streamline it for you. Yeah. What, what kind of operations you can change or, um, you know, I guess the closest thing that you could compare us to would be like a staffing agency. But the big difference there is that we don't recruit in place like a staffing agency does. We are the staff. You come to me with a problem or an idea, a project, a whatever. We put the labor into implementing that. So there's there's a couple things out there that are similar to us, but still don't operate even remotely close <laughs> to what we do. You know, um, real estate related um the closest thing would be something like Pat Live. Yeah, you know, maybe. They will answer your phones and, and that kind of thing, but we still don't even operate like they do. So <laughs> No, and they, quite frankly, unless your script is really good, and if they ever ask a question off the script, too, that's a problem when somebody doesn't understand your business. Yeah. That's when you're saying they really need to understand your business, especially I people like me, we're just terrible at telling people what we actually need. We think we need one thing. Yeah. And we explain it, and somehow in our heads we think you know all these things you don't know. Right. We write none of them on paper, and then we get really demanding about it, and it's a very frustrating process, <laughs> right? This is why I hate employees. I used to have employees, and then when when my second business failed, um, I'm like, no more employees. Like I just hated it. I just yeah. hated dealing with it. I'm like, why? It's just you should just know. Yeah. That doesn't work that way. No, and it doesn't. And it's it kind of speaks to what you were saying before we even started recording is the the difficulty of managing people like that on top of managing staff that you want to operate in a completely different front. Like, you know, take note from the clients. This is what we're not going to do. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I would not be described uh, as a professional boss. That would not, uh, that would not be an accurate (laughs) description of what I do. I'm good at some things and I no longer do the things I'm not good at. So, Mm And that's one of them. That's why it was so interesting about this. Because that's really what you do is you are managing expectations and kind of like expectations with ego mm-hmm. and not probably I'm guessing on this, maybe not the clearest of instructions, right? Yes. How do you figure out your client's business? Because that's really what it requires, right? Yeah, it is. Because he's not going to tell you. If you were to ask me, I I write three pages. You'd be like, "This is useless. I I can't give this to my people." Yeah, it's it's again, it's kind of digging in and getting that intimate knowledge, and that that's the difference between using something like Pat Live or a virtual assistant or somebody you know way over in the Philippines. Um, You you have to to take the time to do what I call a personalized discovery. You know, if you're you know a real estate agent, there's ten thousand of you just in the state alone. What is your why, your drive, your motivation, your, you know, there's there's a lot of differences between the way that people operate uh, just in general, you know, the, the four different ways that a person can learn. Are you audio? Are you visual? Are you a left brain, right brain? You know, are you struggling with 
with the chaos of what kind of tips and tricks might work for you. And you really have to to spend the time. And, and normally it's about three hours that I sit down with someone and I dig and do a very, very deep personalized discovery um, to figure out not only what their goal and end game is, but what their personality type might be. Figure out where they fall. Oh man, you, so, that, so you're serious about this? I you, am. You're diving in. I am. I. I, I make. How do sure I communicate that, with this person? Yes. Yeah, just you just like right down the list, yeah, all the way down to like what's the favorite candy bar? You wow. know, it's 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 kind of crazy. Um, but once we get through something like that, the working relationship moving forward, not only can we get the job done, but we can exceed the expectations. And and it's not so much a game of trying to manage them or manage the work or manage the ego. It's, you know, we figured out exactly what we need to do. Now we just need to, you said it earlier, get shit done. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, that process, because it would seem to me you would have to be somewhat sneaky. Like, I would just say, maybe I'm only speaking for myself. Like, if somebody said, this is the process I am doing, I think I might fight it a little bit. Right. Like, I'm just being honest here. Maybe I wouldn't, right? Be like, I wouldn't learn about you and your bid. Like, I don't know. I think I might fight it a little bit. Does, is any of that like. Very, very Irish kind of a personality for you? You know, like, what be. do you mean you're going to know me or know me? I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong, but do you have to kind of it be is, sneaky it about it? It is a bit sneaky. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You got to kind of, you got to navigate things in a way that, I mean, you, um, you want to make sure that you're getting business and, and professional type questions answered, um, but almost make it feel like you're scratching the surface for them when I'm, I'm really clawing at the underbelly. <laughs> you know? But if you let someone know right off the rip, listen, I'm, I'm going to tear your chest open and pull your soul out and dissect it. <laughs> you might get some like, resistance. Oh, oh, I, don't know. I, don't know, I don't know if I want that. Um, so it is a bit of a, a tricky process, but it's... Um, I don't know if it's something that you can even describe or that can be taught. It's just a, it's, it's an experience kind of a thing. It's just social etiquette, I guess, social knowledge. It's, I think they might call it knowing um, people. emotional IQ. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the language of yes. people, which I generally don't. I mm-hmm. either communicate really well with you or I have no idea what you're talking yes. about. Like yeah. I'm either hitting it or I'm missing it. There's no in between. Right. Yep. And there's it's no mostly real... missing too, if I'm being honest, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of missing <laughs> emotionally. They actually call that the EIQ. I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause I was trying to avoid even, even blowing minds with that whole conversation. Um, but yeah, it is, it's exactly that it's, it's the EIQ and even learning how to navigate or describe that can be very difficult. Just, it's people. It's just there's no way to really learn people without being around a lot of different people. The more you do it, the better at it you get. And I guess um, everybody knows that one person that you might call, you know, the X factor, or the chameleon. They just get along with anybody. Yeah, Mike Cowper. Yeah. That dude, I swear to God, get along with anybody. Yeah, yeah. I want to be Mike Cowper when I grow up. You Everybody know? describes like that person in high school that, oh, yeah, I hung out with the goth kids and I, I played sports with the jocks and they were just all over the place. There's no real description for that person other than it's that person. Well, I don't get it. I even read the book, too. I can't remember what the book was, like Emotional mm-hmm. IQ or something mm-hmm. like that. And I read the whole book. I'm like, I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> I went through the whole thing. I'm like, I still don't know and concluded it wasn't for me. What's well, interesting, so you, you kind of fell into this on accident. If you go back mm-hmm. again and do it all over again, would you do this business or, or would you think you would apply? Because that's the kind of energy you're talking about applying. There's like 
opportunity cost too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like for instance, if you put that kind of energy in at in real estate, you would have a team, mm-hmm. a huge team. We'll probably be selling millions of dollars a year in real estate, right? Mm-hmm. So, man, now you got me rethinking. You're like, now fuck my life. <laughs> <laughs> you're all fired. I'm, Crew, I'm, we're making a switch. I'm starting over again. So I normally ask this question at the end, but I, I'm going to ask it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Not that you can, but would you do it? Would you Would you pick this business? I, I would. I absolutely 100% would. And matter of fact, I'd have done it sooner. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. How much sooner would you have done like it? Like the minute that I walked away from the first position that sent me away with a contract position. I would have done it then. Because I've always, I've always had that. Um, it's it's the folks that I help now, and and again, I don't think that you in any industry, even thinking as a real estate agent, you can't help someone to buy a home if you have never bought a home yourself. You can, but there's a diff- there's kind of a, a relatable empathy that goes along with that, and I've always had that that entrepreneurial type of a mindset, and I knew that I, I always knew I wanted to do something. Something of my own. I wanted to, gosh, for a while, I wanted to open my own architecture firm and I was going to Lawrence Tech. I wanted to be a veterinarian and I was taking my vet tech classes. I've always been involved in in a lot of things all at once because I just can't, maybe it's just that I can't make a, a damn decision on something. <laughs> it seems but like you can. It's, it's like I want to be involved in all these things. My interests are so wildly varied. Um, but I always knew that I wanted to do something of my own. And when I, I had that very first person express that there was a need for that, I wish that I would have capitalized on it then because I feel like we could have helped so many more people in the 16 years that I've been doing this, but we really only made it available to the public five years ago. That's true. That's a lot of lost opportunity, it's, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I totally would have done the same thing. Yeah, but would you have recognized it on the first one? I would say you might have got it on the second one. I right? should have gotten it on the third, fourth, fifth, you sixth. I mean, when when yeah. yeah, when I finally decided to submit to the universe and <laughs> and give it a name called GoTo Pro, um, I mean, we launched with sixty customers. You know, and that's such a that's so completely different from the way that a person normally starts a business. Yeah, I have it's backwards. An, yeah, I have an idea. I have this thing I want to do, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start a business and go find customers. I was like, whoa, we've got a lot of customers. I should probably call this thing something. <laughs> That's funny. I have a business I haven't named and I didn't build. It just fucking happened. happened. Yeah. And I guess I'm going to do it. What should I call it? Right. <laughs> I'm starting with 60 customers, said yeah. very few businesses ever. It so was- you back, you kind of like backdoored a business yeah. on accident. Yeah, we did. And that's kind of, again, to to go back to the the original question that you asked, would I have done the same thing? Once we did that, and opened the floodgates for all those other people that re- were referred to us. And I hear their stories of this, this great idea or the difficulty in their day. And I instantaneously have the solution for it. I know what you need. I've done that. I've, I've been there. I, I see it. I know how to help you. It made me realize just how much I believed in it. You know, and now the the driving kind of uh, mission statement behind GoToPro is we believe in small business. You know, I and especially the seeing Detroit kind of make its comeback. You know, which is fun, which is yeah. a lot of fun. But um, I believe in that too. I believe in the the entrepreneurial mind and the grind that that solopreneur that idea that you again the, the lack of will. If you just dig in and go for it. I believe in that grit. I believe in small business. I believe in Detroit. And I believe that people can make it. 
if they have the right team and the right set of resources behind them. And that's what's been lacking for so many. They get to year two and they're like, oh, I need an employee, but I can't afford it, but I need help, but I can't do it all. And I'm dropping a ball here because I'm doing this. If I just had a go-to person that could handle this shit for me, I'd be fine. Yeah, you have no idea. That's like, especially what if you're like me, you just literally can't and won't manage employees anymore. Right. Some of us aren't cut out for it. I right. mean, we're just not. And there's there's a liability to that too. You know, you bring Huge. somebody in who's who's a W two employee, and you're you're managing a, oh, yeah. a new set of emotions, another set of problems. You you know, people take vacations, they get sick, kids get skit, sick. There's school schedules. You know, there's all all these new things that you're introducing that comes along with that help. So it's difficult to do something like that. But if you find, you know, again, the the reason we're build a company like Go to Pro, we say just dump it over. I have the team, you know, you're, I'm managing these people. I'm managing their expectations and their set of needs. And even if they are sick or on vacation, we have somebody else in the works here that knows the job and can easily transition into it. And you, Mr. Client don't even have any idea. You don't know if it's Julie or Jessica, the job's done. Yeah. And you don't care. You don't care. You got done the way you wanted it. Exactly. This leads into my next question. You said that perfectly (laughs) for me. Because there seems like there would be a lot of conflict. And and because as you mentioned, you're managing personalities, you're managing egos. Um, you're, you're trying to fill in the gaps between what they're saying and what's and the reality of what's happening. Right. Because I know I personally do that. I try really hard not to, but I write it down. And then no matter how many times I write it down or how much detail I write it down and I always leave shit out. Right. You got to manage that. Then you got the other side. How do you. How do you resolve conflict when these situations occur? It seems maybe I'm maybe I'm just guessing too. Maybe there isn't that much conflict, but it seems like there would be a lot. Like me personally, there's a lot of conflict. Like what what's going on here? Just that's my go to kind of attitude about something like that, which is why I don't manage employees. They Mm -hmm. don't want they don't want to be managed by someone like me. Right. Um, It's a one word answer, which is proactively. Ah, get ahead of it. Yep. You don't, you just, so you just stay out, never get in the weeds. Cause once you're in the weeds, you're screwed. Right. Yeah. Okay. We just, I make sure again, kind of along with the personalized discovery kind of stuff. And we make sure that we are where it sounds bad, but we're not necessarily looking for problems at the onset, but we are recognizing the possible obstacles before they happen and then putting an effective solution into place before it ever does happen. So and that's a procedure up. you have for yes. every new client that comes. It's in. a procedure I have for life. <laughs> Period. It's, Just get it's, ahead of it. Yeah. I mean, imagine how, how you operate in any situation when you're in a proactive state as opposed to a reactive one. You know, you wake up late and, you know, phones ring and emails are buzzing and somebody's already got an issue before you've had a cup of coffee. You spend the rest of the day in that terrified behind go mode kind of a feeling. But, you know, you wake up at 5 a.m., get some breakfast, read your coffee, hang, read a book, hang Hell out, yeah. do your thing, plan your day, and then spend the rest of the afternoon 15 minutes ahead of everything that might happen. Holy crap. You're done by four and you feel awesome about it. That's pretty so smart. we do that with everything, no matter what. So you started with 60 customers, but obviously you have more than that now. How do you um, prospect for business? Um, <laughs> oddly, we don't. Really? We don't. Well, you, you came to the networking meeting. That's how I met you at Renegade Detroit Investors, right? I do. I do. Um, which I guess that's that would be a that would form. That would be a form, right? Yeah. Um, we never really set out to anything anywhere. I actually just had 
I had a conversation about sales with someone yesterday. Um, we don't set out to do anything like that. Um, and maybe that's a downfall of mine is that I am not, I'm not a big salesperson. I don't market much for us. Um, basically I've built it and I make it available and if they want it, they'll come, they'll come and use it. They'll come. So, um, we've, God, it makes me sound like a, like I'm brushing my shoulders off over here, but, um, we've never had to market for business. 99% of the, of every customer we've ever had has been a referral, a direct referral that that was it. Referrals are how you know you're winning too. I love referrals. <laughs> winning. Winning. Duh. You get a referral. If they send somebody to you, that's, I don't know what else is winning. Yeah. Yeah. Here, here's somebody I like. Take care of them. I've had uh, most of the instances is uh, somebody literally hand delivering a person to me, like physically bringing their body, <laughs> passing them off to my, Heather, yeah, to where I am and saying this, her. Mm. And I say, hi. <laughs> and there we go. We're off. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Was there a good example of a fucked up beyond belief business? Mm. There's probably dozens, oh, right? Man. And whether you mention names or not doesn't matter because I don't want you probably don't have permission from your clients to I out know. them. We keep very strict confidentiality yes. agreements. So yeah. don't don't say anything that's going to get you in trouble. Nope. But as best you can, could you give me an example? Oh man, because so I think sometimes it's from. it's hard for people like me or similar mm-hmm. to me to believe that people like you can do it, mm-hmm. and people like me. Or similar to me, mm-hmm. that we're just doubtful on right. these things, right? I'm not. Like, what is she talking about? This lady is full of shit. No. Um, well, because we can do everything better, right? Of, well, of course you can. Yeah, which but is, I can do anything. Yeah, which is not true. <laughs> 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 this is a reform, Jeremy. Three years ago, I could do everything better, right? And now I'm like, no, not really. I yeah, that's there's like, actually very little I do well. That's it's complete reversal of the situation. It's a funny thing to speak to as well as people get, you know. It, it's most people. It takes to a point where you've you've massively messed something up, or yes. you dropped a ball, and you you really hurt yourself before you finally throw your hands in the air and say, "I give up. I, I have to. I got to do something." Um, but no, let's see. Most, maybe not the most messed up kind of an organization that I went into, um, but it was a recent one, which was also a little off the beaten path from who we normally deal with, uh, and that was a retail location. It was a very, very large retail location um, up in Lake Orion, and they'd been around for years. They have a great reputation. They were very well known, um, but 11 years in business, and they were getting to a point where they were going to have to make a decision on whether or not they were closing doors. Um, they, We started with financials. Uh, which is where I start a lot. Uh, sometimes people will come and say, you know, this is the problem. Kind of like you said, I think this is the problem. <laughs> no, that's not it's the problem. Usually not the it's problem. It's not the problem yeah. at all. Um, <laughs> but unfortunately, before we can even touch whether or not that might be part of the problem, we've got to go a couple of steps behind. Um, their big issue was mostly money. So we started there um, figuring out that in loan payments, just in the credit cards and things that they had racked up over the 11 years in business, um, the loan payments on their $350,000 worth of debt were almost eight grand a month. And it's really difficult to operate, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So um, we started there to figure out 
what APRs and interest rates and blah, 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 and how what their actual cash flow really was. Uh, the difficulty with them is that they were trying to use QuickBooks and it doesn't work for them. Just the kind of personality that, that the person, the owner is, and the type of inventory that they have, just everything that they had going on, QuickBooks was not working at all. But everybody was giving them the tip been saying, oh, QuickBooks is awesome. You'll love it. You'll love it. You'll love it. And she was trying to force herself into this bag when really she's fit for a box. So she's just pushing, pushing, pushing and getting nowhere. We completely got rid of everything QuickBooks. This obviously isn't it. Out of here it goes. We're going to make you a, a big, giant, pivoting table, macro, P&L sheet inside of Excel. And so no more need for reports. It's a one-page snapshot of exactly what you have going on. Lay it all in. See what your cash flow is. Figure out the actual loan payments, how much you're holding in inventory, blah, 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 blah. And uh, ultimately, over about six months now that we've been working with her, um, it's all done. And she was able to get a giant loan that consolidated all of their debt, with a way smaller payment, which freed up all kinds of cash flow for them and kind of reorganized the inventory that they were buying. We were looking at profit margins and figuring out that she's buying a whole lot of inventory that she makes 7% on when really she put that money into these items that she makes 77% on. Yeah, yeah, big difference in the margins, right? And then also figuring out that she was still stocking items that haven't moved in five years. And she's saying, oh, God, I don't, well, it's even a discontinued item now, and I don't want to sell it at a loss. And um, I had to be kind of the slap on the wrist parent at that point. You've already lost. Yeah, exactly. Now it's time to realize it. I finally, she's like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to. I was her. I had to grab a hold of her. Yeah, I had to grab a hold of her and, (laughs) and finally just like, listen, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Get it out. Give it away as a free gift if you spend a hundred bucks. If you bought it for fourteen and you're trying to sell for twenty two and it's not moving, sell it for ten. I don't give a boop. Get it out of here, you know. So we had that difficult conversation and finally started moving product that wasn't moving and and got a grip on the cash flow. Got the loan that she needed, and uh, it was kind of a proud moment when we sat down and realized that we ultimately saved them from going one hundred percent bankrupt and just blip on the map that used to be now they're back to thriving and she can open up her time and her cash flow to do things like networking and giveaways and improve their systems and that was it was a pretty messed up job to get a hold of <laughs> i was gonna say how long did it take to turn that around it was six months yeah yeah that's six a long time did really you dig in. and if i ask you a question you don't want to answer well it's inappropriate it seems like that might be an a good position for equity too for, mm-hmm. for you and, and your business did you get equity or how do you no. how do you get paid for something like that because you're essentially turning a business around right yeah yeah that's like carl i can whatever comes in you know mm-hmm. like i don't like how you're doing this there's value here to be had hostile takeover in this case obviously you're brought in but right. he gets a percentage of the the business too yeah. so it's actually i've just had three people i don't watch tv much at all i just don't um I don't know why it's not a thing. I'd rather I don't even work. have a TV. Yeah, I don't I love either. it. <laughs> so. Who's got time for that kind of shit? Right. You're not working hard enough. You have time to watch fucking TV. Exactly. You know? It's a le- right? lack look, of will. Yeah, look it up ass. on Netflix if you absolutely have to watch it later. So yeah. we um, I was I was encountered three different people last week who all said something about the profit 
apparently that's what there's a TV show called The Prophet, and that's what he does. He kind oh, yeah, of Joe likes that and, show, and, and yeah. you know, kind of changes things and goes around, and he gets equity in the company. Um, and it, when all three of them mentioned it to me last week, I thought, man, yeah, maybe I should look into that you, a little bit. I might be losing out here. At, no. Well, especially <laughs> as you move up to food chain, right? Get some equity, girl. Yeah, no, we. Um, it's not easy to turn around businesses and it, convince people to do what they need to do. Right. That's that's a very small niche market. Not very many people could do it. I think yeah. maybe you're undervaluing yourself. Maybe, maybe. Um, and oddly enough, and I'll give you all the goods here. Uh, the way that we operate is on an hourly basis. That is flat feed, no matter what. And that hourly rate, I know, is is ridiculously cheap. Um, it's 30 an hour and, uh, that's it. That's all we take. I've never, I've never really asked for or thought about or, or taken any kind of equity in any of the companies that we've worked for. Um, it's again, just a matter of wanting them to be on the right track and stay there. It's- well, probably that's probably the hourly flat rate is good for the vast majority of your customers. But when you were telling me that story, I was like, man, that's, that's a turnaround. Well. Yeah. There are people who buy businesses like that for five, ten cents on the dollar. Yep. Turn it around and keep all of it. I was like, you're doing all that. You should, I don't know. Maybe think about a percentage. <laughs> think about it. You know, do you want a boat or something like that? Plane? <laughs> Bigger, I don't know, car? Mm-hmm. Something? I don't know. Something to think about. It's just a rare thing to be able to, to turn that kind of thing around. Mm-hmm. So something to think about. How did you, um, how do you find employees for something like this? Cause you're mm. talking, this is weird, right? Cause, they may be tackling a certain set of tasks, but the situation constantly changes. And in my limited experience, the kind of people that it, you can't, I don't know, I'm, I'm making some assumptions here. Generally change is bad with people like this, right? And the stress of changing and the stress of learning something, no, even though it's a similar task and a different context really throws people off. I'm, I'm just could be really bad with employees too, right? I, if I said that, so this this could just be me. It could be a stupid question, right? <laughs> no, no, not at all. But but what kind of person do you hire for this? We like everything hire very differently. Um, I talk to a person before I ever even look at their resume, and I refuse to hire upon skill set. I hire upon their six different areas of of things that I'm trying to vet, which is things like uh, critical thinking, problem solving, things like that. Um, and I'm looking to speak with them for a while to figure out who they actually are before we ever even dig into skill sets, which I still don't care about. Um, the kind of work that we do, and maybe the it's it's the perseverance that I refuse to let go of, um, I can train anybody to do anything if they have the right attitude and are willing to learn it. Okay. Period. So good attitude. That's it. All right. What is a good attitude to you? The, uh, the willingness that just to, to learn. Yeah. That's just it. to learn. If you, if you can kind of stick with me, listen, absorb, try and roll with the punches as they come without just completely just flipping tables, you can make it with us. Can I totally be sexist and say this is probably more likely to be women than men? It is more women than men for sure. Well, quite frankly, women get along better. <laughs> yeah, you can hate me later. I was just—I know it's a generalization, folks. So don't mm. get all butt hurt about it. But as soon as she said, it, I'm like, 
that's going to be a lot less men than women, in mm-hmm. ge- at least at a certain age of men anyway. It's it's kind of what you were saying, though, too. It's it's difficult to constantly switch on tasks like that. And I, I always feel I, I can't tell you how often I lean in and just give a little hug pat on the back to our poor receptionist. Um, I mean, she's answering phone lines for 24 different companies. Oh, yeah. At any given time. It's like trying to drink from a fire hose. Right. right. <sighs> so it's like the phone's ringing and she's going, okay, which phone, which number, which uh, which script? Okay, got it. Ready, go. You know, and it's like. <laughs> that is stressful. It's, it's, it's this constant just like it's, um we call it the abrupt trans, uh, transition expert where she's just constantly like, <laughs> what am transition. I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing now? And it's, it's a lot to manage. So um, she's 24 businesses in a call basically. Yes. And none of it's automated. She just has to like know it when it comes in. Yep. Or, oh man. Yeah. It's, we've it's got that intimate knowledge. I'll do it live. We know exactly yeah. what it is. And it's, it's crazy too, because the, all of the businesses are so, there's such a variation to them. You know, we're not niched in one particular industry. So she could be answering the phone for a real estate agent. And as soon as she hangs up that call, she's answering the phone for a veterinary office. It's like, oh, yeah, sure. We can list your house. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your dog just died and we'll come. And it's like- that is very strange. Yeah, to flip. You got to be a certain kind of person to flip channels like because that's what you're doing. You're literally flipping from. A&E to HBO or something like that. Family right. hour to right. Vietnam special. Or so if I were to hire someone for that position based off of the fact that they've been a receptionist for the past 10 years, great. You know how to answer a phone and transfer a call and, and you have the skill set for it. But if call number three comes in for business number three in the past five minutes, like, are you going to burn the office down? I need to make sure that you are mentally, you know, are you in chaos coordinator? Yeah. Yeah. Can you handle a substantial amount of chaos and change at a pace that would make most people ill? Yes. Um, Yes. One of my little, my little secrets for where I like to find people like that um, is actually Starbucks. Really? If it's a former Starbucks employee, oh, that's true. They are going to make it with GoToPro. All they right. will be just fine. You know, in that line of thinking, um, short order cooks too. Mm-hmm. I did that for a little while, and that is always terrible. It's like five hundred things coming at you at, at a certain time. Of course, they can't answer phones. So maybe that's a bad <laughs> example. So something like that, though. I never thought about that. So yeah, mm-hmm. they have to deal with customers, other employees. 10,000 cups of coffee in an hour between right. eight and nine. That is hectic. That are all different. I want a mocha, choca, a lot of skinny, triple espresso, fatty, double cupped with a, yeah. It's. Or the usual yeah. shit. <laughs> all right. This is, you know, you're not the only one I ever see. And now I got to remember it. And they right. do. Yep. And they do. And always with the utmost of professionalism and individualized customer service and a smile. Like that's why people go to Starbucks though, right? It's that's why right. you're willing to pay seven bucks for a cup of coffee. It's an experience. Absolutely. And so you, you do like corporate raids on Starbucks for new employees. <laughs> <laughs> Come out with three new people. Sorry. <laughs> They're getting raises. Send your friends. <laughs> Starbucks hates you. They won't let you in anymore. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> there might be a couple of locations I got banned from. No, what percentage of your employees you think are Starbucks, uh, former Starbucks employees? Um, Actually, at this exact moment, none of them. Okay. Um, But that's kind of my fishing hole for... That's it. You got the tip. Ones. You yeah. got the tip, folks. Yeah. Of course, she's... That's all I'm anything, giving <laughs> Something tells me... Though, going from Heather does all these tasks to 
Heather manages people who are going to do all these tasks, mm-hmm. right? There's probably a fair amount of failure in that that process. How did you go from one, like you said, you hired eight right out. There, there has to be some sort of set of systems or procedures and all that. How did, how did you go from one to eight? I think a lot of people have a hard time imagining this too, by the way. Like how do they go from one to any number, right? right? It's every, most businesses start as one, maybe two, a spouse or a friend or a partner or something like that, yeah. right? How, how did you get to eight? Right. Until you get to the point where you've exhausted all of your family and friends and, and they start to, telling yeah. you to go to hell and then you find no, someone busy. else. To, yeah, exactly. Um, gosh, that was so long ago. And honestly, it was the, it was chaotic. That was easily the craziest time of my life. Um, I don't know if I could even accurate, accurately remember how that all really went. Um, I was still working 110 hours a week at the time. And anybody that's good with, with math, you get 168 in any yep. week total. So that 110 left over, I can't tell you how many times there was uh, two options presented that were sleep or shower. <laughs> like I was in the Navy. I know every third or fourth day. Yep. That's when yep. you can't go any further. There's yeah. no amount of covering it up with deodorant or Axe body yeah. spray. You're like, well, I guess today's the day yep. I got to forego an hour of sleep so I can shower. Yeah, it, it got a little nuts. Um, but how was that transition made? Um, I, we honestly, I, I think the biggest defining factor in that transition is one that we still use today. Um, I'm still the front line, no matter what. So when we have a, a new client that we're bringing on board, the first person to work whatever job they need done is me. I'm still like in the trenches with the crew. Okay. Um, so I take it first, and it's very VIP at that point until we get all of the little details worked out, you know, the, the technical logistics or the preferences to them specifically or, or whatever. And we write a manual as we go every single step of the way right from the get, which I think is very important because if you wait until you know a job to document it, you're going to have blind spots. I was going to, I was going to be the quick guy. I do that all yep. the time. You write it three times and you're still leaving shit out, you know? Yep. So when you're stepping into a new organization or a new system, a new job, whatever, we start writing down off the rip exactly like Barney style step by step instructions (laughs) of what needs to be done. And once we've documented that and then gotten comfortable with everything, we'll go back and revise the manual with the, the little extra tidbits or maybe like this line was a little overboard Barney style. We can take that out of there. Um, and then once all of the stress, quote unquote, is worked out of the position or the client, whatever, um, I'm very easily able to pass over the file and all of the goodies to one of my my team members and say, here you go. And that's been really important because I don't train them on that job. I hand them all of the materials and then I watch because that's how we figure out what holes might still be left over. If I can hand a manual to you and you can take it over 100%, no hiccups, no issues, no errors, we're good to go. Okay. But we turn it over and kind of go from there. And it's, it's again, a very seamless transition for the client themselves. And uh, 
once that that contract head person has taken it over, then we cross train the entire team on every single job, every single customer that we have. So making that changeover from the one to eight was just a whole lot of me doing exactly that. 24 hours a day. Yeah, I was going to say that had to suck, right? <laughs> it was, Those were the hard years. It was. Yeah. It was. There was uh, the first kind of two years of GoToPro was was painful. Um, and I everybody thinks that I'm, I'm a martyr because I did that purposely. It's like there's no way that we will ever truly be able to relate and understand just how much our solopreneur customers are suffering if we haven't felt that ourselves you need to know that it's exhausting and you're choosing between sleep and a shower and that it's it's lonely it's lonely being an entrepreneur that's why people join networking groups and masterminds and things not a lot of fun either you want to go out i can't you want to go i can't i got this do you want to go out of town i you want to go camping no i guess but i can't yeah yeah so we we purposely put ourselves in that kind of a position and uh we've kept it we've kept that theory of you know the manuals and the the turnovers and it works. <laughs> what technology do you use? Because, I mean, Evernote, something like that, Google Docs, because you need multiple people to have access to mm-hmm. all these procedures. And I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm, it's some sort of communication too, or like Slack or some way to communicate mm-hmm. with everybody too. How do you manage that? Um, I'm a little bit crazy. Um, I'm very type A and I don't like using too much external software if we don't have to. Um, I'm sure just about everyone's run into the situation where you you find something that you really, really love and they do an update and yeah, the feature that, that you loved the most is now gone. Yeah. Or breaks um, my heart. Yeah. Or, you know, for us the a big issue is always security. You know, how often has this program been hacked in the past? What got leaked? What did you they know, do to source and remediate yeah. it? Yeah, you know, I mean, we have a lot of what we're dealing with is sensitive data. You know, my my network has 6,000 social security numbers on it. You know, I've got addresses and driver's license and it's, it's a lot of info. Um, we handle some form of financials and banking for every single one of our clients. So I have bank logins you know, online account logins for 3,000 different businesses. I can't have that information go anywhere. No, that'd <laughs> so, be great. Yeah, that'd be the end. That would be horrible, right? So um, I probably shouldn't even said that. Don't hack me. <laughs> Don't hack me. I will come for you. Um, well, it's a good point. That's why I asked. I hadn't thought about yeah, security because yeah. nothing I do is that. I don't need that much security. Right. Yeah. So most of what we use is uh, was personally built by yours truly. I kind of learned my my way through code and HTML and all the, oh, the good stuff. And I've built a couple of programs that are, that's for us. That's internal. That's right here. Nobody else gets to use that. Um, but communi- collaborating, um, we do use Dropbox quite a bit. Dropbox. I love Dropbox. I love Dropbox yeah. as well. Dropbox is my So favorite. easy to share. Like, I is. don't like the upload download thing, but when it comes to sharing, mm-hmm. there's just really fuck you drive. Yep. You know? I just can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it, folks. Dropbox Make is, it easy. is fantastic. Um, but even that, we're really careful with the security on it. Um, outside of that, we've built a lot inside of Excel, just custom Excel forms that, that we went 
That sounds like hell. It, I, uh, I hate Excel. Yeah. See, <laughs> see I'm, that's I'm, what, I'm This a big is fan. why you exist. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many people like me, like, what is this? Right. I and I'm like, know. oh, you just need to throw a macro in and a pivot table. It'll go over here to this thing. I'm like, I have no idea. Drop what you're a formula. About. You'll be fine. No, yeah. like, I'm still like, what is it? Equals some no wait how do i add again yeah Yeah. that's where i'm at with that yeah a lot of the custom stuff that that i built for us is partly because we don't change whatever if we if we step into a a customer's organization and what they have as far as software is concerned is working we don't change it at all so we're really trying to again very easily and seamlessly step into their organization without manipulating anything that doesn't need to be manipulated. So it's it's more our job to know all of the different software that's available and not be personally committed to one. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah, because everybody's going to have different needs. Like for me, I don't have those security needs. That just never occurred to me. Right. It would if I had to. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't want to get sued or lose my business or anything else like that. Mm. On a side note, have you thought about doing a podcast or like a YouTube show? I have not. I, I mean, you, I have. I think you kill it. Very minimal. Well, thanks. I I think you could do like a, um, you can do anything, obviously. But if you did a Gary Vee, how many small businesses have a million questions like this? A lot. It would be a very simple thing to do. And whatever it is, the stuff it is, you got it. You can mm-hmm. do the radio thing, which means you can do the TV thing too, right? So I don't know. Think about it. That would be a good marketing thing. Wouldn't cost I'm going to be much. a superstar. Yeah. Just, or even like a Facebook live. Right. Right. And Hey, let's answer your small business questions. And there, I just, there would be so many. I yeah. Think, there so. actually is uh, something like that that does exist that I am involved with. Okay. That's way, way. I'm not going to promote another show on your show. You that's, certainly that's can. Kind no, of that's, no, 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 no. We do that. <laughs> See, this is where I'm at. What is it? What is it? I it's actually, it's called the business squad. Okay. Um, and it. Could you is, do it better or differently? Could we do it better or differently? Yeah. I'm sure we could. Okay. I'm just curious. Always room to improve something, right? Yeah. Um, but that's way over in, in the Brighton area is where that it physically takes place. It is, um, it's a podcast meets a live show that is pumped out via Facebook live and then it's recorded for later kind yeah. of thing. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. absolutely. Um, so I'm involved with that. And unfortunately it's a very minimal involvement just because of the drive Yeah, back and forth to Brighton. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of lost productivity time stuck on the road. Is it on iTunes or something? Uh, like it, I just recently got involved. So I wish that I had all of the answers okay. for you. Can you check? Um, Cause I'm going to release this next week. Cause if it is, I'll put it on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Cause people can, can listen. We like plugging on the show. Right. It's kind of like the opposite podcast. Right. Trying to be one of those people. It was actually kind of a, uh, it was an intention of mine for today for after the show to talk to you a bit about it because much like how you have guests, we do also. Yes. And I think that you would be a fantastic guest for the show. Well, we we can certainly talk about it afterwards. Right. Yeah. I'd be very interested. So, and I appreciate it. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about failure. Mm. Yeah. So. It basically, it seems like you have to manage failure, right? Because by the time I know, maybe I keep making this about me, but I think it's very similar for a lot of people. You pointed out so astutely earlier that by the time somebody taps uncle, usually <laughs> the, the fucking barbarians are at the gate. In fact, it may be on fire, right? <laughs> 
arrows flying. Might even have a few in the back. Things aren't looking so hot, right? right? How I mean, what percentage of business comes in like that? Mm, most. Yes, right. So it, most. It, it seems unavoidable that there is going to be just failure after failure after failure. And not on your part, but just dealing with these failures in rapid succession. So um, if you have any tips or, or, or how do you manage that? Maybe I'm projecting too, because that's when I beg for help, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the last fucking second. Like, hey, can you do this five minutes ago? Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm gone or if I don't get this done now, I'm better now. But it, that just seems how most of the time. But until they're there, you don't call, right? Right. Yeah, because you're like, three dollars an hour. Hello, you take Visa? <laughs> I'll drive you cash. Dear God, come help. It's funny as you say this, I'm thinking back of all the years of those exact probably phone calls happened, that right? I got. Yeah. And it's kind of funny in hindsight now because, you know, things are better for them and they're on their way. And they still bring up, like, you. I remember the first time I ever called you guys. Holy fuck, man. Yep. I actually sat down with a client once who... Uh, I went in to meet with them, and as soon as we got across the table from each other, I said, describe to me what's happening for you. And he went, I, we, uh, well, I think we, um, bah, just turned into this blubbering mess of tears. He's like, I, I don't know. My life sucks. Help me. <laughs> I was there. Yeah we, yeah, we laugh about it now because he's like, man, I don't know how you like just went in and knew exactly what I needed, but you did and you got it done. And I'm sorry I cried on you. Every time I see him, he's like, I'm so sorry I busted into, busted into tears. But um, hey, it's legitimate. When, you, when life is failing you everywhere and you're failing life, right? shit's going to happen. We've actually yeah. been talking about uh, some of the just, you know, tchotchke items that we, we make and put in our little swag bags. Um, we've been joking recently about go-to tissues. There you go. We're going <laughs> to tissues. What about some go-to butt wipe? Because you know? that's the answer to your yeah. question is when people are, are in, you know, dealing with, with failure and things like that. That's the very first step. It's so personal. Is too. To just, it is personal. It's, it, come and see all it, my secrets. Yes. Come see how poorly yes. I meant. Come see everything I'm not good at. Yeah. Come see my wife's going to leave me. My husband's going to leave me. My mom. I'm going to disappoint my parents. Yep. I lost my investor's money. Yes. I'm, it's probably one of the worst days yep. of their life. And they're DT, like, DT, just shut our lights off. Yeah. You know? We, well, I can't meet you at our office. We have no electricity, you know, things like that. And that, that is 100% the first step is just reaching out and saying, listen, we're here because you're not the only one. Every single one of our clients either came to us at this point or had been there in the past or knows that as they scale, they're going to hit it again. It's, it's a cycle that is, it's almost, it, it's an inevitable absolute certain that you are going to get to a point where it has failed in one way or another and it's okay it's good in a way because if you haven't hit that before you don't know what you need to change or even are able to put your ego down enough to admit that you need to change it, it takes a lot of failure sometimes for that it does. personal like a lot a lot before somebody will tap at least me yeah. It took me a long time before I tapped. I'm like, fine, I suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> it 
don't do it that way again, Jeremy. Like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Well, a lot of people have a tough time even with the concept of outsourcing because you... So hard. When it, especially when it is your own business or it's your idea, it's your baby. You know, it's you're, you're playing that so close to the chest and you... You're offered all of these different bits of advice. Somebody says, tell everyone your idea so that they'll hold you accountable. And other people say, don't tell anyone because your friends and family are going to be concerned for you and your well-being. And they're afraid for you. So they're going to tell you not to take the risk, not to do it. So it's like, do I tell people or do I do I not tell them? And either way, whether you do or don't, you you hit all the haters, all the naysayers, all of these different obstacles, and you want to hold it close to your chest and not let it go. And it's terrifying to hold to just to carry all of that weight you know so when you finally do get to the point where you've hit a failure and you're ready to turn it over you're still reluctant to let go and outsource because it's your baby but if you think about it in a completely different perspective what happens when you have kids and you want to go on date night with the spouse need a babysitter you outsource parenting so you're you're literally people are are more more willing to outsource a child <laughs> that's true than their bookkeeping you know I have my like, baby but don't touch my business. it's like whoa i mean we outsource so many other things we an oil change is outsourcing you know dropping off dry cleaning is outsourcing somebody cutting your lawn is outsourcing there's there's so many things that we all do on on these different platforms that are totally acceptable but when you think about your work, it's like, oh, we we can't have anybody else do this. They're not going to understand our yeah. system. Or, or because we can't write procedures. I've done this countless times. Right. It's just quicker to do it myself because yep. I'm not capable of or willing to take the time to document it properly. Right. right? That's what I did. <laughs> so then you're like, well, I'll just do it myself. Right. And that never goes anywhere. Nope. Nope. Can't scale it that way. Nope. Well, what percentage of... um your business or maybe that's a bad question um you help fix businesses as well but some businesses are just looking to grow Mm -hmm. right but maybe they're not ready or willing to hire like they don't need 40 hours they need 10 hours and a certain thing and it makes more sense um to go go with you um what percentage of your business is that and how do you handle that? Mm, that's actually a, a really big portion. Um, if I had to give it a percentage, ooh, I would say that that's about 80. Okay. Um, and and it, it operates, it's a couple of different ways that that all falls into place um, because a lot of times we step in to fix the giant F up of a mess. Um and then I don't know why I just censored myself, by the That's way. That's all right. You can, you can was, say whatever you want. This funny. is an explicit. We fixed the giant fuck up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, and, and then it's something that we can say, all right, this is going to require 10 hours a week worth of maintenance. And that's exactly what we do. And sometimes it's the exact opposite where they say my bookkeeping takes me 10 hours a week and I'm sick of looking at it. I don't ever want to hear about it again. Make sure it balances to the statement at the end of the month. Here you go. And we do exactly that for 10 hours a week. And then all of a sudden see this, you know, bookkeeping tells a story. So you're, you're able to see that the way is that true right it there, is. By the way, you should get a shirt that says that. That'd be fucking great. <laughs> hashtag real talk right now. Right. 
Bookkeeping tells a story, and it's usually not a good one. It's yeah. usually, eh, a lot of times it's not a good no. one. And it, people think, like, oh, it's a number, it's an expense. I got 40 bucks in gas at the Shell station on the 16th of the month. Great. Stuff, stuff it into the PL, whatever. But it's, you can watch the way that the numbers go. I mean, that's the heart of the business. You can watch that tell the story and, and remediate from there. So a lot of times, just in that 10 hours a week with the experience that we have in seeing it before, we're able to call the customer and say, like, mm, we might need to have a talk because we're not fixing the giant fuck up now, but we're going to in about six months. So let's proactively deal with that before it gets there. Mm. So it's it's kind of a way that it all vice versas and, and rolls together. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. It's such a crazy ride. No, yeah, that would I would I say I would never do what you do. Like <laughs> never in a million years. I hear manage all these people, manage all these egos. Like I could barely manage myself, frankly. <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna do it for anybody else. Where do you um see your business going to the future? Besides now you're gonna get percentages of business. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, turn around like send you some Heather Shanks, um yeah. Just send me twenty percent, whatever you make, just uh Make it out to Jeremy. Well, I'll be on Shark Tank <laughs> after that. No, I'm serious. You should definitely do that. But what does the future of your company look like? Um, the future, the future looks like a couple of different things. Um, we we're going to grow, whether we want to or not. It's just happening. We're scaling, um, and I want to do that. I would like to open a couple of other locations. You know, right now we're very tight knit to Metro Detroit and we've got, you know, customers all over the U S and then even some in Canada as well. We're international baby. Um, but I would like to, to be able to expand the face to face time that I can give, you know, being in the Metro Detroit area and not wanting to drive 5,000 miles on a daily basis. Um, I feel like it's there's a lot of people north of us. There's a whole lot of people west of us that could use the access and don't have it because I'm not there. Yeah. So the the plan is to continue to grow, pop up a few more locations and uh, make them kind of remote spots where when I am on the road or the rest of the teams on the road, we can pop in and. You know, I'm crashing out at the north location for the next three days or whatever the case may be, uh, just so that we can help more. Have you thought about replicating yourself in some way? Oh, I have. uh, Oh, yeah. I don't know how you would do that. It's already happening. Okay, so you have an idea on how to do that? Okay, there'll be 2.0 and 3.0. There is. Hopefully. There there is a 2.0 already, and there's a 2.0. Five version that uh, halfway to three point zero. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm I kind of doing this podcast backwards because I didn't know you that well, and I kind of wanted to build a little rapport. But <laughs> now that we're there, I'm going to go backwards in time. You're fucking crazy, lady. All right, <laughs> you're fucking crazy, lady. But obviously driven. Were you always this driven, mm. or, or, or how do you think you became this driven? Was it your parents? What 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 makes someone do? the shittiest job generally for not that much pay and a highly competitive, difficult industry, highly regulated all. I mean that, that takes a special kind of person to, to do something like that. How mm. did Heather become Heather? Um, Heather came from a place and a childhood that was not exactly sunshine and picket fences. And um, Heather reached an age where 
basically once once Heather got mobile, once Heather got wheels, yeah, and I'm could out. Go out and see some of the rest of how you know the rest of the world lived. Um, I decided that I didn't want what I had always had anymore, and uh, I didn't care what it took. So, how old was that? Oh, I was 16. sixteen. Yeah, I was sixteen. Um, it was literally, I turned 16, I started getting more, more mobile and out and about and saw how things were. And that was, I left school to get into the mortgage industry. 16 years old, I was like, um, eight hours a day listening to you. I could probably get a better education on the History Channel or hundred grand a year over here. Deuces, be back for my diploma in three years. You know, <laughs> I took off. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I've always been that driven kind of a a true grit personality Um, and part of that I hate to say was it was based in fear it was me not wanting to be the little broke trailer park girl anymore I don't want to live in poverty I don't want to grow up like this or, or have my possibly my future children be in that type of an environment I want something else and I don't care what it takes it's not a matter of strength or knowledge. It's a matter of will. I'm going and you, you can't stop me. But it was it was a fear based kind of a motivation that said, I'm never going back to that. And um, thankfully, over time, that fear based motivation turned into more of a life of an outlook of abundance. Um, but even still, I feel like I use pain as an anchor. You know? Well, Hey, I have very similar experiences. Someday I'm going to I'm going to tell them all. It'll be very interesting. <laughs> but I don't I don't find it um obviously not don't want to dwell on it, right. but fear and pain I find very motivating. They right? are. If you use it as a as a tool, it does certainly to your point though to wallow in it like lots of people do, yeah. like my fucking cousin with three kids from three different baby daddies in right. a 70s trailer where she can't barely afford the fucking lot right <laughs> you know and her kids posting i won't even get into it right and you're like oh okay i can go that direction right. or i can go this other direction right yeah it's useful in in that particular instance so yep. so at 16 you got into the mortgage I industry did. i did that I didn't even know you can get, were you working under somebody else's license or can you even get a license? It was back when we, that wasn't a thing back then. Fuck that. You don't get a license. Not a thing at all. I actually, um, I started in the telemarketing department and, um, I was one of five in the telemarketing department. And again, me being me, uh, fast forward a year, I was managing the telemarketing department, which now had a hundred people in it. I moved from telemarketing to LO and then I learned title and processing. I was kind of all over the place from there, but I spent seven years in that industry and uh, I loved it. I couldn't wait. I mean, literally the day I turned 16, I was like, Going. bye. Yeah. That's why I joined the military. Yep. Like 18. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Peace. I'm not coming back. I did have to come back a few times. It pissed yeah. me off. By the way, I'd never say I'm never. Never say never. If you say never, you're guaranteed to have to fucking do it at least one more time. <laughs> so I don't say never anymore because I've had too many of those things come back to haunt to, to haunt me. So 16, you blew out of town in your car. You started selling mortgages mm-hmm. like a boss. So you did go back and get your diploma. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah. Why? Just out of curiosity. Um. Well... <laughs> If I'm if I'm going to be honest about it, it was so I could tell my mom to shut the hell up. Yeah. Shut up, mom. I got yeah. my paper. 
Yeah, she freaked out when I left school. She's like, what are you going to do? And everybody was, you know, like the high school counselors were. Not were, live in a trailer. Yeah. That's we're, what I'm going to do. Yeah. They, they, yeah. <laughs> I said, love you, mom, but this trailer's got to go. Yeah. Um, uh, even the high school counselors, you know, were like, well, you're you're never going to be able to go anywhere or do anything with your life. And you got to have a diploma. It's a foundational piece. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, um. No, I'm making three times. The, I was cocky. Obviously. Oh, yeah. It's like I make three times what you do in a year. Who the hell are you to tell me what I'm supposed to do? with It my is life? an excellent point, though. Heather. <laughs> and like, yeah, you may be being a little swaggy about it, but right. it's it's an excellent point. Like we're here to teach you how things go. And I'm like, yeah, call me if you need a loan, bitch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so. I get you a three point six nine. You're selling right there. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. But um. I, I half of it was to to make my mom happy and half of it was to piss her off and part of it was for my own personal you know maybe I will need a diploma someday yeah. maybe that might be a thing that people will care about and uh, part of it was that the opportunity came along I think I had like six credits left to graduate high school and an opportunity came along from the state that said if you pass all five portions of the GED each one of them will count as a credit. And I'm like, well, here we go. There's 200 five. bucks yeah. in a couple hours <laughs> in one room. And I'm, I'm testing yeah. out of this place. Yeah. But even part of that was because I wanted to see just how high I could score. And it was personal satisfaction to take those results, which were top five. Boom. And, uh, and deliver that sheet of paper to my mom and go, here, I'm not a fucking idiot. And I'm yeah. an art class away from my diploma. Back off. <laughs> an art class? Yeah. I'm one underwater weaving class away from this sheet of paper. Leave right. me alone. <laughs> I like that. Top five. Boom. There you go. Yeah. I don't know why the piece of paper is so important. Similar story. I um, I dropped out of high school for several months my senior year. I'm like, fuck this shit. Mm. I didn't do anything important, though. I just went and did landscaping. I just want to be outside and drink. So that's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with that, honestly. I might not have gone back either because I couldn't figure out a way to get out of town without mm. joining the military. And they would not take somebody without a high. I haven't told anybody this. This is mm. one of the main reasons I did this. I'm like, fuck, if I, if I want to get out of town, I need to go do this. Yeah. So I had to. And then I made a bargain with this alternative school, they were like, okay, well, we got to help all these kids who fell out, right? So Washington came up with this alternative school. It's a storefront and a strip mall. Kind of has been teachers, right? It's probably mm -hmm. better now, but back then, you know, has been teachers couldn't quite make it in the public school system. And I wasn't doing the homework. And they're like, you have to do the homework. And finally, like, look, if you'll just take the tests, I'm like, what do you mean? You'll just take the test. If you just take, I'll take them all today. Like, yeah. no, you have to read the book. Fine. I'll read the book and I'll take them all tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I took the, all the tests to the two classes I need and one day pass them all. And they actually let me out. So thank you. If you're listening to this, which you're probably not, Aww. thank you for throwing me a bone and let me get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Cause that really meant a lot to me and it probably wasn't going to happen without your help. So, right. and then I joined the military, got the nice. fuck out of town. So it's funny. Probably smart to have the piece of paper, though, looking back at it, because some people do care about that shit, but right. I don't care. So, all right. So you're selling mortgages. I'm guessing 2007, 2008 was the end of that, correct? Mm, yep. All right. All so right. the economy starts taking, starts swirling the toilet, right? And you're like, oh, my escape plan is not looking so good. 
what then? That was when I took the peon position. That was it, huh? That was it. I don't want any. You went to you went to polar. You're like, I don't want any responsibility. Yeah. I want to do nine to five. Yeah. Actually, the uh, the mortgage company that I was at at the time, um, I'm I'm loyal to a fault. I mean, it's it's about the most uh, every Irish stereotype that you could put on a person. I have it. Um, there are potatoes in that bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey. It's very uh, very hanging on to the bitter end, and uh, that particular company had about 150 people that, oh, wow. that worked. We all worked. And uh, the last year that they were around, it was nine of us, I think, that that were still kind of hanging on. And I was one of the last people out that door, kind of shut off the light. And that last year, I think I made a whopping $6,000 for the entire year. That's pretty bad. And I wasn't even, I wasn't even concerned with the loans at that point. Um, most of what I was working on was archiving the files for the state of Michigan. And anybody that's ever touched the mortgage industry, you know that the state of Michigan, particularly at that time, was very like, listen, you can't just claim bankruptcy and shut a mortgage company down. You have 700,000 files worth of sensitive data that you need, you know, document to compliantly document destruct on. Um, But you need to archive the information first. It needs to go into the state of Michigan system. So it was my job to kind of build that and close everything down completely. It's like shoot it in the and head and yeah. bury it and go home. Yep. yep. Come on out back behind the garage, little fella. Sorry, Betsy. I hate to do this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's not looking good. Yeah. It was, it was after that that the peon position came up, and I was like, well... That was a fun ride for a while. Fuck this, you know. Do you think you were going to do that forever? I did. P- okay, you're like, fine. I'm just going to punch a clock until 62, and I can collect my Social Security check. Or yeah, yeah. Honestly, I was really happy with the place and with the company, and, and there was a lot of um, interesting little tidbits and aspects to it. It was it was logistics. It was distribution, and um, just kind of learning how to get the orders together and and in the right spot and and weight distribution on truckloads and front loading things and the the actual logistics that go into tracking products on pallets is if you're in any way shape or form a super dork (laughs) nerd alert yeah nerd alert hardcore nerd alert it's a ton of fun it's really interesting to learn how all that works um anheuser-busch actually has that system down it's impressive but um, it was fun. It was fun to see the little tidbits. And I thought for sure I, I like the company and I liked the peon work until I started managing the office. And um, it was in food service to an extent. So um, collections were always interesting. It's yeah. Perishable items. It's not like, hey, you didn't make your car payment. We're coming to take the car back. It's like, hey, you didn't pay your $100,000 invoice for all of this milk that you ordered. We're coming to t- no we don't want it back <laughs> just pay us <laughs> like, what do you how you know? do you get your money back yeah in a situation yeah like that? oh that's a long story that'll take a whole other pocket big big borrow and steal <laughs> it's it's a lot that goes into um personal guarantees and things like that and really um some private eye work hunting yeah. people down is is what a lot of that was um but yeah it was had a, had a lot of versatility to it which worked for me 
as you can imagine. And I thought for sure, I'm going to come here and at 62, I'll leave happy and everything will be grand. And then yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> Did that company completely die or just take a downturn? No, they, they, um, actually my timing, my projected estimate was 100% spot on. Yeah. And I told them it'll be this date that things get real ugly. And that was the day that corporate, the corporate office came through and said, well, there's X, you know, there's 20 of you here now and we're going to take that down to three. So have a nice day. Yeah. Like escort them out kind of thing. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's hard. That's how that went. That's hardcore. Yeah. So you're the one of the few that made the the cut or did they... No, I was I was out of there. Out of there. That was You're when gone. I was like, yeah. "Well, I'm going to give this yeah. other thing a name over here. See you later." <laughs> yeah, because during this time you were trying not to work, but working, doing that too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a problem with being driven. There's always more fucking work to do. Yep, <laughs> and it needs to be done. And goddamn, I'm going to find some more if I have a minute. So I have some idea what that of what that's like. What do you do in your free time? I look for more work to do. Yeah. That's like, what are you talking about? I mean, free time to make money. <laughs> What? All right. So this this question, what is the worst thing that has happened to your business since you started? Mm. It could be anything. It could be personal. It could be like, for instance, one of the things that killed my last business was legislation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, always thank you mm-hmm. for changing the rules and killing my business. I appreciate that. Bastards. I know. The absolute worst that happened um, happened fairly recently, um, and it was both it was painful both personally and professionally. Um, as you can imagine, you know, I already I already discussed that I know we are priced way lower than we ever should be. I keep it there because I want to make the difference. I want to be available, um, and I put a lot of time and effort into managing the people in the jobs and blah, 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 blah. And that takes a lot. Um, a lot of that is that's on me. You know, I'm giving that up for free. It's I'm, I'm very much so giving the cow away. So what happens is I end up with these clients who need and I end up with employees who I can make. And it's my job to put them both together and make sure that everybody has the resources. You know, it's it's my job to make the resources even what they are. And the big risk for my business is that Mr. Client doesn't see this is where I was heading, yeah. Yep, Mr. Client doesn't see the value of, you know, kind of what we were talking about of I'm I'm managing the people, I'm managing the software, I'm managing the security, I'm you know, blah 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 blah. The list of the internal shit. I'll that, just take this that person. I'll be I, okay. Exactly. That I have to deal with. They don't really think about that. And the same thing on the employee side is they're like, well God, why am I the one dealing with this contract and doing all this work? And then well, the company's making money off of me and I could just be doing it myself. So both of them start can can very easily start to get the idea in their head that well we'll just go direct between them and cut GoToPro out of the the mix completely and um, it's almost happened it had almost happened a couple times and I think it was year two and 
both sides of that realized just how much they were actually missing. (laughs) It's like, yeah, all the little things that run in the background that you've never had to deal with or think about. That was the purpose of, of having GoToPro in the mix. And now you're both screwed. And, well, it's cute that you're crying for to me for help, but fuck you both. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Burn them. I was going to say, so, it's not a nice thing to do, it's, too. No, it's not. Um, how do you trust them? You don't trust someone after that, either. You, you, I, I it's you very can. difficult yeah. to, to do that. Um, and we have, we have agreements in place right off the rip. Um, before I will even take a client's job in, there is a big, long confidentiality agreement. And uh, basically, in a nutshell, the agreement says you cannot have a team member directly. Not allowed. You can have us. You can have everything that we provide, but you can't have her. And if you do, I'm suing you yeah. for no questions asked this dollar amount. And it's the exact same kind of a, a sheet of paper with the employee that says you are not allowed to come here, take all the resources, all the knowledge, all the trade secrets, the proprietary, blah, 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 and then run off and start go-to pro version 2.0. Absolutely. Not yeah. allowed. Um, and that happened. That actually happened, and there's... there's I was all, surprised. Yeah, I was going to ask directly if you didn't. I don't know how it wouldn't happen more, actually. Actually, um, well, it's... I'm. The culture around the office is very much so a family feel. And it's like, oh, are you cold here? Take my jacket. Like, I will literally just give, I, I give everything that I, I have to everyone. Um, but there's a point where all of the joking and the what's mine is yours comes to a halt. And yeah. that's anytime something like that's brought up. I'm like, I, I love you. That shit's mine. Though. I love all yeah. of you. I will sue the ever like you will be done. I There's no joke. I, I'm coming for you. You know? <laughs> Um, but yeah, we had that happen recently where, um, a very high volume client, um, who has been with me for four years, you know, we, we watched them go from this little tiny little blip with a dream and a plan and we blew them up. We, we made them a leader in their industry. They're huge. And, um, I had a a lady that came in with no previous knowledge of the industry at all and taught her everything ground up and and we had formed a very personal relationship just in i mean we worked together for two years you see someone for 40 hours a week for oh, yeah. two years you, you know them you know them you know them you well work with so. someone you know them better than you right. know uh wife husband spouse yeah you know them so it's like on both sides of the fence i i knew about everybody's trials and tribulations and i had given up a ton of of myself both again personally and professionally to do everything I possibly could to get them both to their end goals and make sure that, you know, if, if you hurt, I fix it. If you're hungry, I feed you. If you, you know, just a ton. And, and the personal relationships that had developed to later find out that there was a scheme behind it. You know, they were in cahoots and the two of them cut GoToPro out and did their own thing directly. And now I've got a double lawsuit going on. <laughs> Welcome. You haven't made it until you and, have sued or yeah. been sued multiple times in yep. business. It's not fun. Yeah, but that that was absolutely the most the most painful thing that I remember actually the day that it hit me like a ton of bricks that I realized what had happened. I I I physically doubled over and uh started hyperventilating. I had both hands on, on my knees and I thought, "I am going to throw up." And as soon as I'm done throwing up, I'm going to kill both of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking dead in about 
30 seconds. I'm going to get this out and then I'm going to get to yeah. fighting. It was this, it's, it's an instant wave of, and again, I mean, when you have a business relationship with someone for so long and you do get to know them that personally, it's like a divorce. That shit is personal. It's, it's, it's it is personal. There's it no way personal. that you can pour your heart and soul. You know I mean? That's my, that's my blood, my literally blood, I mean, sweat. That's time away from my family that, you know, I made this for you and, uh, you, threw it back in my face yeah. it's that, that yeah so i remember having that moment and then i took a walk around the block and i came back and said okay release time to hounds. find the attorney yeah like where's my attorney at let's go really exactly release the kraken yeah. release the hounds with this. <laughs> get him not too fast mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that sucks and it is personal and i take that shit personally too yeah. so i'm right there with you yeah. fuck them it hurt. Fuck them all. And that's ongoing, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Win. You going to win? Can't can't talk too yep. much about Don't it. Don't damn. You going to win though, right? Uh, it's Yeah. Even if we, you don't um, win, win. You know, that was absolutely the the as soon as I got into business and in the first 5 months that like I said all the referrals came yeah. just flooding in and, and and time to hire people like crazy and figure out these processes and the systems. It was in that very first moment in those first 5 months that I knew the biggest threat to what I have going on right now is that. Yeah. And I went to an attorney to write it up. I had another attorney review it. And then I went and found the super crazy, expensive corporate contract law genius. Like, you are you the guy that writes the laws for the Supreme Dude, Court? This is smart. I want you. Folks, listen to this. I did not do this, by the yeah. way. And this is it was an expensive lesson. Yeah. Yeah. And I made sure, like, I need you to look at this and then bill me for it. And when you're done doing that, I'm going to pay your bill. And then I want you to look at it again. <laughs> literally and we made sure that it was written up just as it should have been written i implement it the right way every single time meaning that the client signs it signs it before we see any work at all and the new new team members sign that agreement before they ever even step foot in my building so we make sure that they're in place and that uh i hate to use the word guarantees but that secures a pretty damn high probability that we will come out on top of this mess it is very, if you did that, it's very likely that you are going to win. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder about people like that too. It is extremely short sighted. Why? I don't know. And I had something not quite the same happen, but something very similar happen, different way, but included fraud and a bunch of other shit too. It's just so short sighted. I don't, I don't understand. And personally, it wasn't yours. I don't understand. If it's not yours, fucking leave it alone. How hard is that? <laughs> Two fucking people from trailers know not to take other people's shit. And the rest of you run around like idiots. I guess not rest of you. It's a small percentage right. of you, right? Sorry. Don't want to throw everybody under the bus here. It's, I don't know. It's, well, don't welcome know. to the business world now. You have been <laughs> sued and are now suing and that's, welcome. Yeah, that's the baptism, right? It is. It, and it's going to happen. And I love how proactive you're about. That's a smart way to do it. Yeah. I should have done that. Why didn't you? I thought everything would work out fine, Heather. Uh, well. we'll talk it out. What is there to? No, we don't need to do that. We'll just waste the money on the law. Yeah, yeah. what other stupid excuses? I'm saying, I don't. I probably can't even remember all the dumb excuses I had for not doing something like that. Moving forward, though, if I was ever to do something like that again, I would have the um, divorce prepared ahead of time. Yeah. Here's what we're going to do if X happens. Here's what we're going to do if Y happens. Here's what we're going to do if 
because you do need to plan these things in advance. Right. It's called being smart. Well, and if, get a good attorney. Don't hire two shitty ones. Right. I can help you with that. That was really bad. For yeah, me. don't do that. Oh man, I you can't. The problem with when you're making mistakes, a lot of times you keep making the same mistakes, yeah. and you're trying to fix it with the thinking that broke it. Right. I did that. You know, to kind of imagine when you do put it in into the perspective of thinking like thinking of, of a business relationship, just like any other relationship, you know, a marriage is a contract. It is. It is. So when you approach a business relationship, the same way that you would a budding new romance, you want to have that. What if conversation? What if we have kids early too? what if you go before me? What if we get divorced? Sign what if we here. get divorced and have kids? <laughs> right. But you want to have that yep. sweet little romantic what if conversation when you're still all goo goo gaga with the little emoji hearts floating out of every every bat of the eyelashes. Um, so it's, you got to do it early on. <laughs> yeah. That is excellent advice. I'm sorry that's happening too. That sucks. But yeah, okay. it was also bound to happen, especially if you're ever going to get big. Right. It was a matter yeah. of time. That's why we put them in place to exactly. begin with. Exactly. So. It was a matter of time. It still sucks though. Man, that's... All right. So now I'm moving on. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for opening up my wounds, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeez, you're welcome. You need the salt? The vulnerability was excellent. It makes for good podcasting. <laughs> um, this next section is kind of... I call it just generally success habits, but also books, routines, blogs, anything Mm -hmm. really. Um, And you can go either way with it. You could either go, Mm. that's really been helpful to you or in your opinion should be avoided completely. Hmm. And it's okay if it's just personal preference too, because that's what I'm, that's what I'm interested in. Well, I'm of course going to take the helpful information, positive light high road here. Um, You don't want to slum it. I, I mean, and <laughs> on a sour note, you are. I was going to say you already managed to drudge up. What's the most painful thing you've ever experienced yeah. in business? Let's well, I knew here. if it hadn't happened, it was going to right? happen. Right? You've been doing um, it long enough; it was unavoidable. Yeah, truth. God, what? And you said, let's see, success habits, favorite books, blog, blogs, podcasts, yep. or other routines. Let's see. Um, I do live and die by my calendar. That's. 100 percent are you an iphone i am an iPhone. what calendar do you use um i actually do not use iphone's calendar at uh, all yeah, i hate it um it sucks it does i love that's you siri sunrise is going when you're talking about your app your favorite app that's going away sunrise is my app that combines all these people's calendars i work with from all the platforms mm. on the one and it leaves in two months so that's why i ask these oh, questions no. Um, we are, our email provider, um, is GoDaddy. Okay. We use GoDaddy for, for just about everything and I, their calendar as well. And I love my GoDaddy calendar. All right. It is my favoriteest thing on the whole planet. I mean, I literally, I don't, um, like if the internet's down or something happens, I, I'm completely lost yeah. without my calendar. It's the last thing I look at at the end of the day while planning my next morning. And the first thing I look at it in the morning, even though I know where I'm supposed to be, but I only know that because I looked at it the night before. If it doesn't make its way on the calendar, it's not happening. Appointment, phone call, reminder to to shower, <laughs> anything. That's if it doesn't right make its yeah. way on the calendar, it Eat. doesn't happen. Um, one of my other favorite things to do is uh, actually something that I learned in the service industry um, when I was waitressing, um, which is full hands in, full hands out. 
So that's the idea that if you are ever leaving the kitchen, make sure that you're leaving with food, whether it's food for your section or not. And when you're headed back to the kitchen, make sure you're coming back with dirty dishes, whether they're from your table or not. So no matter what, before I pick up to go anywhere, whether mentally or physically, I'm always thinking about what needs to leave this space and go elsewhere. And when I come back to it, what needs to come with me? It's it's just as simple as, you know, heading down the basement stairs and remembering to grab a, a load of dirty laundry, yeah. you know, full hands in, full hands out. It moves a lot, a lot faster. You don't have to double duty. Um, my other big thing that I do is... Uh, <laughs> kind of embarrassing um but it's my sunday nights nobody touches my sunday nights that's yours ever um i clean my my room i make sure that like my bedroom is a nice little peaceful serene safe haven for a good night's sleep um every single bit of the laundry gets done the kitchen is ready to just be annihilated for the rest of the week um if i can make and prep meals i do I lay out my clothing for the next seven days by Boom. like exactly. Dude, like, I do. I do some of that shit too. Although I don't do clean my room, man. I, don't give I a mean, shit what it's my room looks like, like. <laughs> but I cook all my food. Yep. Make sure I'm. Yeah, make sure I'm like. Am I ready? Yeah. I don't have time to think about my it. My Sunday night is like me with my laptop up on the bed, going through day by day. Like on Monday, I have to go here, here, here. That's gonna be jeans, skirt jeans nope that's gonna be a leggings day i may i plan my outfit like down to the type of activity that's hardcore that might happen with like the weather app up beside it you know it's <laughs> gonna be it's app. gonna be 86 on wednesday so that jacket's out of here that's not happening and it's i put little post-its if there's a file that i need to take with me it gets tucked under the little pile and it's this is wednesday that's what's happening and if i don't do that on sunday nights i spend the rest of my week in a reactive state. That is so true. Yep. Man, that's so, some good shit right there. That's that's kind of especially my thing. the food. Oh my god! If yeah. you don't have decent food, I don't know how. You, well, you get fat. Yeah, that's what I did. You get fat, then you got to work really hard the other way to unfat yourself. Well, it helps too. I, I know that a lot of people think like, "Oh yeah, we made this giant spaghetti dinner on Tuesday night, and I came, we had all these leftovers." And you think that you're going to put them in the fridge and eat them, but you forgot that you had a, a lunch meeting on Wednesday, a dinner meeting on Wednesday afternoon, a breakfast on Thursday before you took off for the whole day to be somewhere else. It's like by the time I'm actually back to eating a meal from my own fridge, it's six days later. And I'm not eating six-day-old spaghetti. It's no. disgusting. <laughs> Give it to the dog. I would prefer to not die today. Yeah. So it's, it's you know, even just something as simple as planning meals, um, it eliminates a lot of waste, I think. And I stress. Know. And stress. Yeah. It's and I like to, um, I like to front, there's something I, I do called front loading my work week. Do you know what that is? No. No. Um, I front load my work week, meaning that, um, you know, there's there's an intentional I intentionally make a peaceful place and put my mind at ease and I go to bed early on Sunday night as opposed to just passing out. <laughs> and <laughs> So Monday through Saturday is just I work until I pass out. Right. Sunday. I'm like, time. Did I wake up at my desk again? Oh, oh I was all oh, email still there. Finish writing that. But no, I, I intentionally go to bed early on Sunday night um, so that I can get up uber early on Monday morning and kick off the week with the tactic of of front loading, meaning that 70% of what needs to happen in any week is scheduled for Monday. It's Monday is guaranteed an 18 hour day. By Tuesday, 
I'll take that down to 16 with some leftovers and a little bit extra. Wednesday gets a little smaller. Thursday is a little smaller. And Friday should damn near be like a day off with the allowance that if a client calls and says, oh my God, it's the end of the week and we knew we needed this before Monday morning, but we didn't do it in time and we don't know what we're going to do. Can you help us? <laughs> and they just start bawling. Yes, for 5% of your company. <laughs> That's your new line. Right? I'm going to start using that. You actually. should. But no, it leaves Friday open for those you know emergencies that everybody everybody else who was in a reactive mode all week long and is betting that GoToPro is going to be the emergency answer to their situation, we can be the emergency answer to the situation because it's Friday and if nothing really is on the calendar or comes up, I'm writing blogs for the day or catching up on reading or mentoring somebody on the team or whatever, but it's open. And I'm not having that Friday freak out because I already did all that shit on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) I freaked out on Monday. I'm good now. (laughs) So you just kind of like make Monday hell and then slowly but surely go from there. And I don't know if that's a good tactic or not, but it's what I do and it works. It's um, I call it smart planning. Smart pl- planning in general is a good idea. I find yeah. the more of it you do, the better everything turns out. Actually, I'm pretty amazed at how far I made it in life without planning anything. <laughs> I don't recommend well, that because it makes the failure bigger, but right? it's amazing how far you can go broke. Like, well, that's oh. kind of the flip side, though, to making a plan, too, right? It's it's like I could put all this time and effort into Sunday night to make every possible detail I can easy and just operating on its own. And then, you know, maybe... Maybe a kid gets sick on Tuesday or maybe you have a car accident on Wednesday morning. It's like, well, glad I planned for all that shit for nothing. (laughs) Throw it out. Start over. A lot of people make a business plan and it's like, well, didn't think that was going to happen. Glad I wasted three hours of my life writing this awesome business plan because we took a completely different turn, you know. So you got to be flexible enough to roll with the punches and be diversified to I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, you got to walk it off. I used to, that's one of the reasons why I didn't plan because shit happens. So then I somehow I got it in my head that you just don't plan. Right. That is not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> if you're curious, moderation. Plan and then walk it off when it all gets fucked Healthy up. Healthy bit of moderation between the two. I don't know. Is there anything else? that you want to talk about that we haven't any other about. crazy tips or tricks maybe or anything anything you, you guys... want to, anything you want to talk about if, if, if you want to plug something in particular mm. i'm going to read all your stuff at the end if you something you want to bring up that i hadn't mentioned it could be anything i can't think of anything um man what did i want to talk about no i got nothing this, all is, right. this is all you then then we will wrap it up i want to thank my guest today, Heather Shanks, for her time. I want to encourage you to check out what she's working on. Go to, get it, go to, go to pro. <laughs> that's go-to-pro.com. So I'll be in the show notes, folks, or facebook.com forward slash go to pro. You can hit her up on Twitter. Go ahead and tweet her at Heather Shanks 6 Apparently there's five more of you out there. Mm-hmm. Bitches went and took your Twitter handle. You can also look her up on LinkedIn. Heather Shanks, and she has a newsletter. And I will, I'm not going to read this because it's a long one, but you can definitely, it'll be in the show notes. You can check it out. Definitely go check it out. Thank you. And if you find and enjoy this podcast, give it a like, share it. I really appreciate it. And if you haven't already, rate it on iTunes or whatever app you are using. That really helps, especially on iTunes. I don't know how they came up with this way of figuring it out, but 
If you like this and you want to see more of it, you got to rate it on iTunes and that helps me in the standings. I don't know. It's confusing, but it really does help. It seems silly that you would have to do that to help me out, that listening alone wouldn't help me out, but rating would really, really help me out. I appreciate it. If you have any comments, suggestions, go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending any of the local meetings, go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. And we're not like other RIAs. Not that there's anything wrong with other RIAs. We like variety, but we're kind of the anti-RIA. If you come, we're going to focus on networking. We're going to focus on deals. We're going to get it done and get back to networking as fast as possible. Uh, We're not going to sell any courses from the front. All right. But we do expect you to bring your deals and sell from the front. There's even time to basically what I call shameless self-promotion too. So if you're interested in that, go there. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Jeremy Burgess and go to youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. And you won't be able to watch this one because my dumbass left that bag at home. You'll see something like this, probably a picture of us, and that's it. And as I wrap up this podcast, I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need become financially independent i know i do this every week it means i want you to fucking do it <laughs> there are main distractions mistakes poisonous people bad habits none of that shit matters nobody's going to take care of you except for you get some goals even if you're stuck in a rut i know what that's like i lived on my couch for six months once stick with it don't give up do something every day or as we say in detroit every day that gets you close to your goals even if it's one step And I do want to thank you for listening. I really do appreciate your attention. You can be doing a lot of other things right now. And until I catch you on the next podcast, crush it.